to the second episode of the Learning to Be podcast. This is a podcast for curious humans where I talk to incredible and inspiring guests about their journey of self-discovery and self-acceptance. My name's Amy Holdy and I'm a life coach and writer living in London. I work predominantly with women who feel they've lost touch with who they are, what makes them happy and want more from life, but they feel guilty for saying it out loud because on paper their life looks successful. I talk more about my work as well as my everyday thoughts and experiences honestly and openly on my Instagram, so you can follow me there at Amy Holdy. You can also head over to my website, amyholdy.com, to find out more about my work as a coach. You can also download some free resources there. Just pop your email address in on the homepage and they will get emailed straight to your inbox. Each week, before we dive into the episode, I share some food for thought with you. And this week, I want to talk about taking the time to appreciate the people who are important in our lives. What I mean by this is to actively put aside some time, maybe just a few minutes each week, to think about why you're grateful to have certain people in your life. And then if you feel you want to, maybe even send them a message or give them a call and tell them that. What I've learned is that often we assume people who are important to us just innately know that they are, but often this isn't the case. So after you've listened to this episode, why not give it a try? And now, just a few words about the episode you're about to hear. This week, you'll be hearing a conversation that I had with my partner, Ollie, about our experience in becoming parents. We talk about everything from gender roles, feelings of overwhelm, managing the transition when Ollie went back to work, how we've worked on our relationship over the last four months, and what we still feel we need to work on to make sure that we stay connected as a couple. I really wanted to share this conversation with you as I feel that we should all speak more about this transition into parenthood, particularly from a male and female perspective. So I really hope you enjoy it and here it is. I'm here with my life partner, Ollie, and this week we're going to do something a little bit different. I'm just asking Ollie to move his beer off of the desk because it's going to make a noise on the microphone you're going to have to hold it fair enough we're going to have a bit of a conversation about parenthood and our recent experience of becoming parents to our little girl um so as i've said um before our little girl was born in december and um yeah it's been a bit of a roller coaster (laughs) up until now so we're just going to have a chat about our experience and would you like to say hello and introduce yourself hello i'm the partner of uh of of amy (laughs) which i'm sure i've been talked about a lot maybe i haven't i don't know i need to i need to listen to all of the podcasts still early in the series so i haven't listened to all of them yet so i have to see how much i'm talked about Cool. <laughs> I don't know what else you wanted me to say. Was I meant to give a big introduction? So we're both sitting here on, um, just to give a bit of context, we're both sitting here on a Wednesday night. I had to think about what day it was then because quite frankly, my brain is all over the place these days. It's quarter past eight on a Wednesday night. Roxy, that's our little girl, she is asleep. I managed to squeeze this hotly anticipated interview in (laughs) um but these days 
the to-do list just seems to be growing and growing and growing and also never ends. Um, so yeah, we're sitting here in our study. Ollie's got a beer, I've got a glass of wine and um, <laughs> we are trying to find the time to do this, have this very important conversation. We're also waiting for our pizza to be delivered. So, <laughs> um, but anyway, I wanted to start by asking you um, how you would describe yourself as parent. Um, suppose, suppose, I don't re- I don't know, don't really know the answer to that yet, because I'm sure you would agree. Um, every day you probably perceive yourself, or every week, or every month that we've had out of the first four to five months that we've had being parents, it's been very different every step of the way. And some days you think you're doing a good job and some days you probably think you're not doing such a good job, which I'm sure is the same for for every parent out there. Um, How I, I mean, I I suppose how I want to perceive myself as a parent, uh, which is what I'm striving to achieve, um, is... um, it's quite a mixed bag really you know like i'm i don't want to be i don't want to be defined as any one thing as a parent so i'm trying to be uh be many things to our daughter which is very hard i would say um which is a which is a different which is very different to maybe how my parents would have looked at themselves or or how parents of the past maybe looked at themselves and i've thought about this a lot actually with and talked about it with some of my friends in terms of realizing the nature of like what we're what we're tasked of of achieving as sort of modern day parents i mean i'm not to say that i'm uh i don't know if i can class myself as a modern day parent that's i suppose that's what i'm trying to trying to achieve but you know i'm i found i found something is quite hard um things which maybe i didn't expect to be quite as hard as they have been but trying to create a balance between making sure that obviously I keep up with my my career because obviously there's an element of wanting to set a good example and being able uh, you you want to demonstrate to your child to be able to be to achieve things in life. Um, so obviously I want to set a good example of someone that can I suppose apply themselves and work hard. But on the other hand. I'm obviously we we at, from the very start me and Amy um set ourselves the goal of of making sure that we were both going to be to to raise Amy to raise Roxy together so that there wasn't going to be any separation in that as much as possible obviously with the breastfeeding and everything else um so along with obviously being someone that goes out to work I, I wanted to be and I want to be a parent which is extremely involved and providing the sort of care which which you provide so i want i want to i want to be a mother and a father mm. all in one i don't want to be i don't want to be a dad and i don't want to be and i don't want to be a mother i want to be i want to be both of those mm. um i don't know if that's realistic but that's what i'd like to that's what i'd like to be but i suppose the reality that you have in your head of being a mother and a father to your to your daughter becomes a lot harder when you're faced with the pressures of deadlines 
and and also trying to make sure you're back in time to to bath your baby or to try and be there also during the day because to be honest with you, I work most of the time at home so I'm hearing the screams the cries the the also sometimes the uh, exasperations from Amy coming from the other room and I'm I'm torn obviously between trying to to be to come in there and, and be be the mother and the father all at once so it, I think that I suppose yeah I suppose if you asked me the first the first question was what do you want to be? And I suppose I want to be a mother and a father. What do you mean by that? I, I suppose I just I, I don't I don't want to be defined by being a dad or a father. In dad stereotypical or a ways, do you mean? Yeah, I, I, I feel that there's more to me than filling fulfilling some stereotypical role of of um, whether that be trying to provide a masculine guidance figure or trying to bring in some money to the family obviously that might be our situation right now but that's not what that's not what I want to be identified as and that's not what I want Roxy to see me as I think I had quite traditional gender roles when I was being raised um and I'd like to make sure that those aren't really just so stuck within our relationship and our family it's interesting that you say about you don't want to be just a dad. You want to be like a mum and a dad. Because I hadn't really thought of it in that way. But I guess that's kind of what I've always felt as well. Yeah, because I, I think if if we spoke about this before we had Roxy and I said to you, you're going to be a mother, I think you probably would have been a little bit annoyed if I would have just said you're going to be a mother. And it's bad, isn't it? Because it's because you think of a certain thing when you think of those words. You think of the traditional roles, don't you, when you think of mother and father. And it's like, actually, as you said at the beginning, like, no one really, even if you are more traditional, no one really fits entirely into those boxes. Like, everybody is a mishmash of... Yeah, and I I mean, I suppose obviously we're speaking from our own experience or maybe our own desires of what we want to be, so we can't speak for everyone. But obviously, I don't feel the idea of that traditional father role has... It's gonna, it does resemble what I want to be, always... Or even if I tried to be, do you know what I mean? Even even if I even if I tried my hardest just to be at that traditional father role where I was um, being strong, being um, providing uh, maybe a traditional role of bringing money into the family, um, and also providing all of those. There are many beautiful masculine aspects of raising a child. I don't think I could. I don't think I could even do that if I tried because it's not really. It's not that, who you are. It's not really doesn't really make up my personality. Yeah. So maybe I'm. Maybe I'm. I already decided that that wasn't going to be be me because that I wasn't going to be able to achieve that anyway. Mm. Um, but it it has raised many difficult questions for me because and I, this I was speaking about with my friend a lot when I when I, after the first month or two of. Roxy being in our lives I think I realised um, how complex it, it was when 
now that we have and I'm not saying this is a bad thing but now that we have changed the ideals of what we should all maybe strive to achieve I realise that actually it's actually it is it is harder it is it's not as I mean I suppose that I say this I don't I don't know I didn't I didn't live in the past but um, it seems more complex to mm. to live a life which is got me- but which is which has more more identities that, than just a more more of a because there's no like basically I guess it's harder in a way it's it's because you're not following a blueprint. Yeah, yeah, I think and, you said this to me before. And actually, you know, it's not even that you're not following a blueprint, but you're you're kind of deliberately, well, I say you, I think we are sort of trying to deliberately fight against certain ideals or stereotypes or gender roles. And that's also quite challenging and sometimes I mean this is I'm talking from my experience now it's like I think at the beginning when um Roxy was born I was battling so hard with my identity as a mother and actually some of it just I needed to just embrace do you know what I mean and I'm not saying that's necessarily the same for you but I feel like but I mean to be honest you from knowing you throughout my entire life I've seen I think that's been a battle yeah which you maybe because Maybe because you maybe saw one day that you might be a mother or because you were, maybe you were fighting certain patriarchal ideas within society, but you were fighting that from the day that I met you. And that was very apparent. But it became, and maybe as we got older and older, it became more and more strong and that fight became more and more difficult. And I definitely think that obviously you wrestle with that massively when you were pregnant and all of these realities started to hit home um, in terms of physical realities or or societal realities being placed on you. But in saying that, you've you've managed to, which I think maybe is if I if I'm speaking honestly, I think maybe you've managed to make your peace with some of those. I think so. I think obviously you can't just change how you've thought your whole life in like a few months but I do feel like I don't know I guess I've been able to decide that I well I've been able to accept that I am a mother as stupid as that sounds but like I have accepted that and also like started to embrace it and think about it in the sense of it doesn't mean xyz it means what I want it to mean which I think is kind of what you're saying as well isn't it about being a parent like actually it's about what you create it I suppose I don't have being a dad or being well, sorry, being a being a male um, parent or identifying as a male parent. I don't have I don't have as many maybe as many requirements and expect, I think that expe- is, expectations. Yeah, I do think there's a lot I don't, on women who well mothers, and I don't have I don't no. have as many constrictions and expectations on on what that's what that what that's going to bring although i i would say that like in in saying that there was a lot more that came came to me when i became a pregnant apart a <laughs> when i became pregnant, pregnant. <laughs> you, <laughs> wish. you wish you'd become pregnant this is just just to give you a bit of background ollie's dream is to be pregnant <laughs> i mean fair enough but yeah sorry well, so who, who wouldn't want to at least experience that true 
but go on. Um, yeah, so not becoming pregnant, but um, have all these other weird concerns about whether I was going to be seen as a success to my daughter in terms of other aspects of whether my career was successful in other dimensions to do with earning money, whether I was going to be in terms of like a proper male a father figure in a more traditional terms in terms of being being there to support the family and be a financial support. All of these things which I never really had um, thought about before or even had any consideration for. So, so yeah, there was a lot of different things which came into my mind um, in the in the first couple of months. And I remember speaking to one of my friends, and and he actually said, yeah, I suppose it was it it was more simple in the past when when people people only had um, more singular roles and well, basically, people didn't have as much choice. Yeah, yeah. The, actually, that's what he that's what actually he said. Um, he said, although. It is more comp- complex. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you be? Aren't you pleased with the fact that yeah. you've got the option of yeah. being, of being able to experience more things than yeah. than one role? So actually, yeah, he did say that. Yeah. So, because I know that. Um, I mean, to be honest, we both found it very, very hard in the first two, three months. I think, obviously you know there were moments of absolute joy and we would not change having had Roxy at all but it is and was I mean I think it was harder because Roxy cried pretty much for the first three months solidly (laughs) and also you know newborns are just wow i i completely underestimate i mean i thought i would find it hard but like i completely underestimated how hard it was going to be the reality was going to be um and i think both of us were kind of like in a bit of a haze for those first few months weren't we and like really trying to figure out like who we were like how, who we were in <laughs> to, relation to her to who we were you, in relation to each other i like, did i just I think we had that conversation where I, I'd have, I'd thought that I was gonna take to parenthood, extremely, uh, extremely naturally. So I, so I thought I was, um, I was gonna flow into it with no, uh, no problems at all, and be very relaxed, and just go into this love haze of, of being that father slash mother figure, which I'd. Uh, <laughs> Which is very far from the reality. Or becoming pregnant, as I said before. Yeah, right. Um, and uh, obviously none of that really happened in that way, not unsurprisingly. <laughs> um, it was just screaming and... It was basically just a shit show for shit, like three shit months. Shit show, screaming and obviously trying to make sure that you were okay. Um, so I suppose... Obviously, the the expectation of what it was going to feel like was massively different to yeah. to what it was. Maybe not so much for you because I think you had more worries and negative expectations, whereas I probably had completely unrealistic mm. positive expectations. Maybe that maybe that says a lot about what it is to be a male and a woman mm. confronting this. Yeah, men go into it with completely unrealistic, idealistic expectations, mm. and maybe a lot of women go into it. 
actually potentially a little bit fearful yeah. of, of what it is and because it's like you said earlier it's like as a woman it fundamentally fat you know as a fact it fundamentally changes your identity as a man it can if you want it to but it doesn't have I, to i i don't think that's completely fair because because I think well I suppose we're we're speaking in generalizations a lot here anyway but that's it seems that would suggest that a lot of men approach it in a certain way and it's certainly not how I approached it I no I mean that it doesn't have to change your identity as a man like you've got a choice whereas as a woman it absolutely does regardless that's what I'm saying yeah, I mean, I suppose, I suppose there is, I suppose there is a choice as a man. Yeah. Um. But I suppose for me, it never seemed like a choice. Yeah. No, I'm not saying that. Anyway. Yeah. Um. But like, what about our relationship? Because I think, and this is probably the main reason that I wanted us to sort of like have a chat and and record it for a podcast episode is because I don't feel that there's enough conversation out there about how being a parent does impact your relationship, like the good and the bad um, and the bits in between. Like I think we talk a lot about, um, you know, the conversation is growing around how being a mother fundamentally changes you as a as a woman and like matrescence is a word that's been um used more now about you know the kind of chemical change that happens like as you become a mother um so there are lots of interesting conversations happening in that area but the conversation about like how you work as a couple and like all of that stuff I don't think is massively talked about so like how would you sort of describe (laughs) I know it's really complicated and long, but like, how would you sort of sum up how you feel like it's impacted our relationship maybe in a positive way? Um, Well, I think for a long time in our relationship, we were maybe struggling to find, well, both of us have always been like incessantly focused on achieving things yeah not always for our own to our detriment yeah not often. sometimes sometimes for good and sometimes for just selfish reasons which don't well, don't, that, don't really bring us a huge amount of joy in it's the end looking of it. for that kind of like external yeah well, that's what i mean i suppose thing, isn't it and like i think we're looking both for trying to looking for outside which, of ourselves looking for this is classic in our relationship just uh trying to trying to argue over each other <laughs> Trying to no, trying to in... see trying to see who can speak over. It. We're agreeing. So obviously uh, that hasn't been solved in our relationship. We're agreeing. Go on. We're 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 agreeing to speak over each other. <laughs> um. So as I was saying, before I was rudely overspoken. Um. Yeah. So I suppose we've often in our in our past in our relationships have been together for quite a long time um and throughout throughout our ups and downs i think a lot of our a lot of the ups and flows in our and ups and downs in our relationship have been caused by 
both of us maybe going off on sidetracks to try and solve things in our lives, which uh, we were trying to look for external achievements or, or goals um, and trying to solve things maybe which needs to be addressed internally. Yeah. Um, and I suppose that's always that's always going to be the case to a certain extent. And you're always going to have to have your own your own goals within your life, which which are important to yourself and not just to your couple. But I think having um, raising a child together, like no other thing really, gives you one thing that you are unquestionably focused on together. Mm. More than anything, really. So, I think that does. I think that has been a very positive aspect of our life. I'm not saying that that's at all the reason why we went into this. <laughs> no. um, I don't think we'd have that much foresight. No. Um, but, um, but I definitely think that's has brought us closer together because we have like one purpose. Yeah. There's. Yeah. There's, I and, guess I, and, I, and I think I think for a long time in our relationship, we we were trying to find that. Hmm. Um, so I think that's because I think even like before we had Roxy, we'd started having conversations about exploring like different <laughs> yeah. business ideas forgot, together, forgot, and like I think we were trying to. I mean, it's a cliche, isn't it? But kind of trying to create a more simple like life that a one existence. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think we were kind of already on that page, but you're right. Like I guess having a child, it does provide like one. That was probably better. That, that was probably better than creating some uh, horrible couple business idea. <laughs> Come on, we're still on. We're still going to try and do that, right? Fuck. <laughs> um, but yeah. So and like, what? What do you think has been the most challenging thing in terms of the impact on our relationship? since having Roxy? I think, personally, for us, once again, it comes back to um, battling with traditional roles because in as much as, as, much as I uh, wanted to become pregnant, <laughs> that was never going to happen. And uh, as much as I wanted um, to also be the mother in this relationship... It was I could this because we decided to breastfeed. Well, we were lucky enough to be able to do that. I could only go so far. So, I I think that is that has been. I a love f- that you say we. What we breastfeed? <laughs> Did I say that? Yeah. Well, I said we. I said we didn't. I say that we attempted to. No, and that we were lucky enough to be able to. Well, yeah, it's, it, are we not, are we not, are we not providing and supporting Roxy together. Yeah. See, there, there you go. That's the this, this is this is a disagreement live on air. This is yeah, this is the challenge because as much as I, as much as I want to go further, and I want to, I want to, I don't want to just um, be providing cups of tea or glasses of water and providing support and although I, you're very good at that cheers um and obviously we i we have done a bit of bottle feeding in yeah. addition to breastfeeding so we've done a bit of mixed feeding um which has been good inevitably 
there have been fraught times because you feel, mm. understandably, that the pressure to do with racing, Roxy, mm. ultimately falls more heavily on mm. your shoulders than it does on mine. And that's not a situation which I want. No. But it means that, and um, much like our lovely daughter, um, who has followed in Amy's footsteps, you can be quite, quite fraught, especially when you have had no sleep and are re- extremely exhausted with looking after after someone 24-7 and that I can't, I'm not able to be able to take to take that burden away as much as I would want to. So it, that is a very difficult, that is a very difficult aspect of, uh, as I would say, I suppose, trying to, trying to battle with different gender roles. As much as I want to take the burden away, there's, if we're if we're breastfeeding, there's only so far I can go, mm. and and I think I've, I think we've we've I've found that very hard because you can be quite quite fraught, especially when you have had no sleep and are re- extremely exhausted with looking after after someone twenty four seven, and that I can't I'm not able to be able to take to take that burden away as much as I would want to, so. It, that is a very difficult. That is a very difficult aspect of, uh, as I would say, I suppose, trying to trying to battle with different gender roles. As much as I want to take the burden away, there's mm. if we're if we're breastfeeding, there's only so far I can go, mm. and and I think I've, I think we've we've I've found that very hard because I would like to change more than I things than I can in our relationship. Yeah, I think that to be honest, like the whole breastfeeding thing was a bit of a shock to me and again this probably sounds really naive but everything is kind of focused on the birth when you're pregnant and maybe I was closed off to thinking past that too much or maybe there wasn't enough conversation about it I don't know but I certainly didn't realize how challenging breastfeeding was going to be on loads of different levels like there's the practical side of it which is really hard initially isn't it you know to get it established Mm. it's painful um you know we've had thrush um and to be honest i think our you said we then me and roxy all right (laughs) i'm not talking about you (laughs) still still an outsider (laughs) but um you know like uh and i think in the grand scheme of things, we had, me and Roxy, had um, quite an easy ride with the, you know, getting the breastfeeding going and whatnot. But there's the whole kind of like emotional side to it, which in the early weeks I found so overwhelming. I mean, I, you know, do you remember when I was just crying, like feeding her in the bed? that one morning when my mum was here. Yeah. And I felt like, I mean, obviously there were loads of things going on. It was very early days, like hormones were all over the place. Uh, but... Was that just to do with breastfeeding? I mean, at that time... No, but it was, very... it was a trigger. I think the thing was that the feeding was became a bit of a trigger because I felt like I was literally trapped in this cycle of... And because I think in the early days, like feeding is work and painful you know like it takes ages so she would feed for at least half an hour 
they're not as efficient. You know, it was painful at times. When I got the thrush, it was incredibly painful again after sort of having thought that I'd cracked it. And I think when I sort of had that proper kind of meltdown, like maybe sort of week five or whatever, Mm -hmm. week five, week six, it was just kind of triggered by the fact that I felt like I was completely trapped. Um, To be honest, those feelings have come back at different stages. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Because there's been different problems that keep arising along the way um and I guess you know like problems just they just change don't they throughout the course of um being a parent but yeah I mean the breastfeeding thing I was just like oh my god like seriously can I not be away from our daughter for like more than three hours because I'm feeding her or you know less than that really and I think that was the case in those weeks and that really threw me because that's not a situation that like we're used to is it you know like we are I guess um older parents maybe you know like I'm 34 you're 35 you know nearly 35 um you know we've lived our adult lives very independently probably quite selfishly at times and then there's this little human that like is literally attached to me it was really overwhelming I think snorting like a little pig yeah (laughs) it was very overwhelming and that was when we decided to start um introducing a bottle and I think again like there was a lot of guilt associated that which is ridiculous um but, you know, I was like thinking, oh, my God, is it going to impact my um, breast milk supply? Like, obviously, you know, ridiculous things were going through my mind. I was thinking, is it going to impact my breast milk supply? Like, is it going to, you know, they, people talk about um, nipple confusion and all this stuff that's kind of, you know, made to sort of, I don't know why it's there. But it made, made, me, made me feel quite guilty and worried about even introducing like one bottle a day. Um, so yeah, we decided to do that at that point, didn't we? And I, I think that was a bit of a godsend really, because it just meant that I knew I could have a bit of freedom. And also I think it was really nice for you as well, wasn't it? Yeah, no. Um, well, I mean, it's, we still do that. I, just being, um, being able to obviously give you a bit of a break and not, not that... Um, Roxy always seemed to enjoy it very much um, in terms of giving her the bottle there always seemed to be a lot of problems but um, it was nice to be able to it was nice to be able to fulfil another role rather yeah than, be rather a than, different rather than just go and get glasses of water and basically also, like, being a, a gimp be the on, nappy changer being a gimp on the side of the bed just waiting <laughs> waiting for you to to finish feeding her I do think that that is a challenge for the supporting partner um you know like because obviously being the supporting partner if you're not the breastfeeder it's and you haven't given birth I think it is hard because it's difficult to work out what your role is and I remember you saying that quite a lot at the beginning well I remember when I went to like our equivalent of antenatal classes it wasn't like ntc but it was another another type of group um we should should probably be promoting them but i can't remember what their name is um and um 
you know, they had that chat for the dads, which was pretty archaic in terms of the fact that they separated separated off the men, and we had a good uh, chat between ourselves about in the pub. <laughs> yeah, pretty. and the women were having like afternoon tea. The way it should be, um, and uh, and yeah, like there was discussion around how you can be supportive and things like that. I mean, to most you, advice you need to be told these things, but but yeah, it's it's quite a risk. It's, there isn't really many things that you can actually do, like mm. to be honest, with you. So being able Which to is hard when be, it's your child as well. It must be quite weird. Yeah, I I do think it it's a, that I think that just adds adds to the confusion. You don't yeah. really, don't really know what you're supposed to do. Yeah, and obviously, I think it's clear to see that obviously most partners during that stage, most female partners who are the mothers, are going through a lot of shit and <laughs> like do you know what I mean? Losing losing their mind to mm. a certain extent. So you're kind of just on the periphery watching yeah. it unfold. Yeah, that must be really weird, actually. I mean, it's... I My memory of our relationship, like, through those first few months is goes like this. Like, I remember feeling when... Like, the couple of days after she was born, like, really elated. Like, I had, like, this massive high. And then on about day three, I remember just feeling completely overwhelmed. Was that Christmas Day? That was a week later. It was really shit. Yeah. um, But uh, day three, I remember just thinking, oh my God, like, we are responsible for this tiny human. Like, we're never going to have any time ever again in our entire lives. It took you two weeks? No, that was day three. Oh, sorry. Um, And, but saying all that, like, the first sort of week or so, I remember us being very close. And um, even though it was incredibly hard and, you know, we had a literally a screaming baby sort of most of the day, um, I do remember feeling like we were quite... We were in it together. And um, I think my mum and dad kept saying, you know, like, one of you should sleep and one of you should do this. And I think we just... Well, we needed each other for the moral support, I feel like, in the first, like, weeks... Um, mm. But also, I just think we wanted to share yeah. the experiences together and we wanted to support each other and stuff like that. Um, but then I remember, like, there was the whole thing of you going back to work. And I found that really hard. But also, it was really unfair on you because I just got really angry and, like, really resentful. <laughs> you also kicked me out of the room. Oh, no, but that was because I I think I just went into this weird state where I was like, right, well, this is my job now. And I... your job is outside of this room. Yeah, so no, it kind of felt like that in my head. I was just like, right, so my job now is to just look after her and you're going back to work. And I just, it was like this separation kind of like men in my head just kind of happened. Luckily that didn't last very long no it didn't last very long <laughs> it was horrendous being in the room on my own I mean, it lasted like two days or and then you were like i'm coming back in the room this is ridiculous um but anyway like i think yeah it was like that was really hard and i know that i sort of pretty much ignored you for about three days because i was just so angry but again like obviously it wasn't fair to feel that way because 
we had decided, and there was no way that even if I'd wanted to go back and earn some money doing work, I mean, physically, emotionally, mentally, there's no way that I could have done that at that point. So regardless of the fact that we had decided that was what we were going to do, I could not have done anything any differently anyway. But I think it's, I'm trying to sort of like recall how I felt, but I think it was, you know, such a massive life shift. And then it just felt like you'd kind of gone. Just clarify. (laughs) To the study. (laughs) I'd gone to the study. No, but in a way that was, in a way that was harder. I mean, now I really like that you're here, but I think at the time, you know, she would cry all day and I knew that you could hear it but you were just in here and I think that was kind of harder than if you'd just gone do you know what I mean yeah yeah to be honest with you I mean I remember I remember at the time when um I remember thinking oh there's no way I'm going to be able to work through this I I wouldn't have been able to but then it's it's a different emotional connection I think I think the overriding pressure of trying to write a massive report on that, on the study that I was working on. I was like, I, I knew that the longer I put it off, the worse it was going to get. Yeah. So I suppose I was just like, I need to get down to But it. that was weird. Like there were lots of different stages, I guess. Like there was the kind of, and I felt like we were sort of worlds. I mean, you were very, very patient and very kind to me during that time, even though... I had been quite mean, I think. But you obviously understood that there was a lot going on and I, you know, really appreciate you for that. Um, We sort of then came together. I mean, mainly because also I just... I was so sad, I think, at times, wasn't I? Mm. Over those, like, maybe sort of... Across a couple of weeks, I would say. There were times when I was finding things really difficult. In the first month. No, because it was when you'd gone back to work, wasn't it? So I would say sort of like week six, seven. Yeah, I suppose. And it felt really lonely I suppose the and thing weird. Is that there, there were lots of ups and downs, and like, yeah, of course. Like the first first couple of weeks were okay, and then then there was a bit of a crisis, and then mm. things got better, and then when I went back to work again, there was a bit of a crisis, yeah. and then we kind of moved through that, and then things got better again. But it's like, I think. When you went back to work, I was thinking, shit, like, I've got to basically create a whole new life on my own because I'm not working right now. Um, I have a baby. All the things, most of the things that I would have done before, I, I'm not going to fill my days with those things anymore because... I can't. I'm, I've got to prioritise her. I've got to look after her. So it was really daunting and like isolating in my head because I was just thinking, how the fuck am I going to do this? But actually, that's kind of big picture, isn't it? That's like, and I think in those days, you have to literally take it a day at a time and be like, today I'm going to do this. I, I suppose it, you, you have to go through a process of knocking down all of the... Uh expectations and grand ideas that you were going to do lots of other things and continue with a partially normal life yeah because i mean i think and, I, so, and gradually that just yeah. ero- eroded away until you realize that 
you that, surrender to the fact that it's just you were just gonna be a mum yeah well just a period. carer basically which I guess is what a mum means in, in some ways um but yeah like I think now do I feel like we are slowly sort of our lives are becoming a little bit more normal whatever that means but I guess there is time in the day to do other things other than look after Roxy now. Yeah. Yeah, well, she goes to she goes to bed <laughs> very promptly at uh, at 7. Um we have a few screams along the way. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, oh, it's half 9 now, so she'll be waking up in about an hour. Um so yeah, like there is whether we've, I don't know if this is by luck or by um, design. Um, so obviously she she does follow a certain routine. So, you know, there is definitely... Well, at to night. An, to an extent. But not in the day. Yeah, in the day. Who knows what the fuck's going to happen. <laughs> um, but, like, we do, there is a certain routine out to our life, um, which means that, like... You are able to, mm. or we are able to spend a bit of time together, and we're also able to get a few things yeah. done which we need to do personally. Yeah. So, so yeah, so it is, it is, it definitely is different. But I think that again, it's like an age-old cliche, isn't it? But I do think that talking to each other is so important throughout this whole period, and I think sometimes we've done that really well, and sometimes we've failed atrociously um but i feel that at the moment i mean we're sort of nearly no we're four and a half months in now aren't we and mm. i think at the moment i would say that we're in quite a good place yeah no I, in our, I, I think we are i think we're sort of learning about we're all learning about each other aren't we you know we're learning about her we're learning about each other as parents and also about ourselves as parents well i suppose when I came home today, we gave each other a kiss on the lips. So I think that's <laughs> yeah. I think that's always a good sign that yeah we're at least connecting. And I also think that for me, I sometimes find it quite difficult to say what I'm feeling. I I'm a sort of person where I have to, I need time to process what I'm feeling before I can say it out loud. And that involves sometimes like a bit of a retreating into myself stage, which isn't great when you live with me because obviously... Talking about the clothes down. Yeah, the clothes down. Um, but I, I don't know if you agree, but like I feel like I am trying to speak out more quickly, like to kind of bypass the processing bit more and sort of just say I'm feeling strange or I'm feeling sad. And without necessarily having, like, figured it out. Because what I normally like to do is, like, sort of figure it out a bit and then say. While you close off <laughs> for uh Yeah, but, like, do you feel and, that... Become that non, non-responsive. Um, but do you feel like... Have you noticed that or not really? <laughs> <laughs> Take that as a no. Right. No, I, d- I do think... I do think... I do think it has it is better um especially given the fact that we need to be cognizant of the fact that we're all of the things that all of the things that we're 
we've been going through um, and how hard it's been and and how much pressure and tiredness that places on both of us. So I think the fact that we've managed to come through this and lose our shit as little <laughs> as we have, in spite of the fact that most of the the big arguments have happened in the, on the stairs, <laughs> swearing at each other in sign language. Or whispers. Or whispers. There always seem to be those moments in the middle of the night. Oh, but, man. But in spite of all that, I think given given the realities of going through what, what we're doing, I think we've there have been um, less stone cold <laughs> stone cold silence periods, which is good. But I mean, obviously, I'm sure there's many things that I need to do to try and stop that happening. So, and what do you feel is the thing that we need to work on most? Um, to make sure that we do continue to feel connected um, and together as like a, a unit of parents and also in love, you know, and connected yeah, as a I, couple. I think, I think, God, it's a bit fucking deep. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I think we do need to work on our intimacy more. Yeah. Because I think that's taken a massive backseat throughout the last four and a half months. Yeah. So we know it took a massive backseat for a lot of pregnancy as well. So um, I think that we need to, and I've even said it, I have said it at times, and obviously that's hard because it's not, don't want to don't seem like some sort of annoying sex fest <laughs> <laughs> after your partner's given birth. And it, and if, if, as anyone knows me, that's probably the least <laughs> that's the least chance of me being a sex fest in in this world but in saying that obviously i can, i can because i i can my natural um state is not to be very very pushy or or like be very uh i suppose exploratory in that in that sense so i can quite easily not really think about it very much um and if if you're not obviously thinking about that very much because maybe of the the experiences that you've just gone through and the situation that you're in then i think there's a real danger that that could get forgotten yeah and you don't want that because then and and i and i do think i do think that like that's a real yeah that's a real worry and we need to make sure that it's a we need to make sure it's a priority yeah because otherwise otherwise that's going to be a a huge aspect of our relationship which is lost yeah no i do agree with that and i think it's really hard at the moment because it's like it's finding the time to feel sexy (laughs) and like feeling sexy all the time (laughs) it's like one it's finding the time which is just so hard right now finding the time to like yeah feel like I say sexy is is not easy particularly as well for me like I think I'm really confused as to what I feel about in terms of my body at the moment like in some ways I'm like in awe of it because it's created a human and birthed a human 
but it's also very different to what it was like before and that's weird I don't know Mm. what I feel about that um sometimes I feel okay about it and sometimes I feel not okay about it um and then there's the fact that I am breastfeeding as well so I feel like my body is used in that way it's it's just really complicated and I don't think I've really got my head around it but I do agree that being intimate is something that I do think we need to prioritize like just it's making time to connect with each other in that way isn't it you know and that is really important because that's important to be honest you it's something that is important Regardless, regardless if yeah, you've got a baby or not and but i guess it's just and less like, opportunity and i think to... i think that could, when you've been in a relationship for a long time that falls, yeah that can often falls off anyway and i think we'd be first to say that at times in our relationship that we've been guilty of that so the fact that we've now got a baby as well mm. it's even there's even less yeah. ability to make sure that that stays in the relationship yeah and it's like just being mindful and making sure that we do put the effort in to keep that alive and like we actually do have a weekend without Roxy this weekend. I'm sure this we just, is... I'm sure we'd just be looking at our phones and <laughs> like some sad fucking gimps. But um yeah, we've got our first weekend both of us away from her. Um for two nights. She's gonna be with her grandparents and we're going to a wedding. So yeah. Let the intimacy commence. <laughs> Can ruin our friend's wedding. <laughs> By being un- inappropriately intimate. Oh, God. Um, cool. So, last thing before we finish. So, what what words of wisdom would you pass on to people who are about to become parents, do you think? Um, I suppose <laughs> if I'm speaking to other people who are about to become fathers uh maybe uh don't um don't do as i did and think that it's all you're going to just be a, a natural mother and father in well one fell swoop and it's all going to become completely natural to you i uh, probably not many people actually think that so uh um, well, but also yeah i suppose uh, i suppose it's they're they're fairly they're fairly basic things really I suppose just keep keep trying to speak to your partner um, so that you can understand what they're going through because I'm sure you're all going to be going through very difficult things so as long as you keep as long as you keep trying to keep trying to speak to each other then maybe maybe you can be better at helping each other through that yeah I like that very lovely words of wisdom from Ollie. That was me and Ollie talking about how we're learning to be parents. I really hope that you enjoyed that episode. And if you did, please rate, review and subscribe to the Learning to Be podcast. Also join me next week for another episode.